episode, we have the founder and CEO of the Billion Dollar Body, Nicholas Beerley. The Billion Dollar Body is a lifestyle brand for the business who wants to have it all. About Nicholas Beerley, he was obese, broke, and no girlfriend to now married to the woman of his dreams, fit and thriving in business. Nicholas is an international speaker, podcast host, and was rated top 30 under 30 influencers. He has worked with the top businessmen and is passionate about seeing men prosper in health, business, and relationships. Nicholas has shared a stage with Lewis House, Cole Hatter, and Jordan Hemminger, and has been interviewed on the top business podcast. He is creator of the number one annual business event, Billion Dollar Body Life, and has curated a successful community of men called the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. Welcome to episode five of the Kilo Strength Podcast. I have my man, Nicholas Bailey, founder and CEO of Billion Dollar Body BDB. How's it going, Nicholas? Hey, dude. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm excited to share some stories, share some inspiration, and get to know people a little bit better. Let's go, man. So tell us about yourself and why did you get involved with fitness? Share your story. Yeah, I think that everyone should be involved with fitness. There's a big thing like if you don't use it, you lose it. And it's so true. Even when it comes to injuries, a lot of times people want to not use it. And obviously, if you're so hurt, like your arm is broken, you probably shouldn't use it for a little bit. But if you notice that people don't use something for a long time, they actually get atrophy. Like it ends up the body's like, hey, if you're not going to use it, then we'll just like throw it off. If you don't use your arms, your body will literally get rid of them. It's just absolutely crazy. So my whole story started when I was a little bit younger. I was four years old, two years old when I started racing bicycles. I was the youngest kid in the world to start doing that. So really? fitness was a big part of that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I still have like the, the newspaper from that time and all that kind of stuff. And then four years old, I got my first motorcycle. So all of a sudden I want to be a motorcycle athlete. Uh, if you've ever seen like motocross or supercross, people can Google it. And it's kind of like almost like a jockey body type, but a little bit bigger because you want to make sure that you're like, ha- you can have a heart rate of 195, 200 up to 210 for 30 minutes straight, which is like, there's no other sport like it on the entire planet that has a heart rate using the full body like that for that long of a duration, not even soccer. The closest thing I think is like long distance cycling that's like consistent high heart rate. So I needed to be fit for that. But what ended up happening is that 13 years old, I, I know that we're all like people out here as well and fitness and health affects your entire world, but so does your whole entire world, your relationships, your personal life, your work life. Those are all going to affect how you view your health and how you also take care of yourself, how you love yourself. And so each one has an impact. At the time, it was my relationship with my dad. I was like, hey, dad, I want to be the best in the world. And short story, he told me I would never be the best, which really wow. emotionally crushed me. I didn't talk to him for three years, really. And in that time, I gained 60 pounds, which affected my school life. And the dep- it was basically my personal life affected my body because I didn't care about myself. I was super depressed, gained 60 pounds. At school, I had a 1.8 GPA, so it affected all my schooling which also affected my future. And then on top of that, uh, I didn't have a girlfriend for seven years from when I went to high school for seven years after that. And so with all those different things, I was really failing in the areas that Billion Dollar Body Lifestyle teaches now, which is a whole lifestyle brand for businessmen, obviously. Uh, but at the end of the day, it really is just a lifestyle that people can all over the world can use to have a platform, like a foundation to build on. And obviously, we talked before this that the people that are like, crushing it in their health right now just absolutely just muscular as all can be and they're using tempo and they're using different like percentages of weights to from their max to be able to work out they're all super smart at this stuff but maybe they can take away some of the basics when life isn't so easy when life's hard in other areas so now going back and you told you that you want to be the best biker in the world motorcycle rider motorcycle rider and he's told you you couldn't that criticism really affected your life and how you live in your lifestyle 
how do you feel about criticism? Why no one should share bad feedback? Uh, I don't think people shouldn't sh- share bad feedback. I believe that pressure exposes weakness. It doesn't create it. Though that was very like uh, abrupt and I wasn't used to it and it really crushed me and maybe I could have used some coddling afterwards or maybe some encouraging words. I don't know what it would have been. Or maybe I just needed to spend more time with my dad in general. But something in our relationship there wasn't right for that moment. And I also had tons of household problems. I wrote my first suicide letter when I was seven. Wow. Uh, I my parents split up when I was four. So there was lots of things going on that influenced that. But if you look at all the pipes, like all the pipes in my ceiling right now, they, they have a certain, like they're not blown up right now, but if they did blow up in one area, the pressure increased and the pressure only exposed the own, the weakest area. So when the pressure comes in people's lives, it only, it only exposes, doesn't create it. Like it doesn't create the weakness. It was already there. Just finally showed up and was like, that's the weakest part of the pipe and it blew up. And so I believe that constructive criticism, having good mentors, getting feedback and things like that is good, just in the right place. Too many people get feedback from too many people. The best part about having mentors in your life, even in your health, is that maybe a person's at the gym right now and everyone wants to go up to them and tell them what they should be doing differently. And if they listen to everyone, they would never have a specific plan for them. So rather than that, it's nice to have someone who knows what they're talking about that knows who you are, what your specific goals are, so they give you an actual action plan and critique based on your goals, based on what you want, not based on what they want. Most people only talk about what they want and try to pawn that off on everyone else. So when it comes to constructive feedback, I totally think it's necessary because there's very few times in men's life especially that they change unless they are in some type of transition until they have a weakness shown. And when it comes to women, they're just usually smart enough to change anyway. So women typically don't need as much big constructive criticism and feedback. They just need the correct answer. I love your perspective on that. really do. So at, at a young age, and you wrote your first suicide letter, where did your confidence stand or your self-esteem? I don't think I really had any. I was super anxious. Uh, I, in third grade, like I had such bad anxiety that I'd use the restroom like the entire year where I had to literally leave class all the time. I had the teacher coming down, knocking on the bathroom door and I'm like, that just adds more anxiety, right? So uh, throughout all those years, I definitely had a bunch of anxiety, a bunch of problems. I would gag myself and throw up before I go race motocross because I was so nervous about everything. So I'm not exactly sure uh, if I had any type of real confidence. There was times in spurts where I did have it and there was lots of times where I didn't have it either. And that was a really big bummer. I always wished I was different. And also like you being yourself, like you can only be yourself. You can't be other people or else you'll always be number two. Like Mm. you can never be as good as someone else at being them. So all those different things in mind, like it did not help me with my confidence and throughout the like the transformation, like again, there were so many things that happened to build up to that one moment of my dad and I get into that conversation and then me gaining all the weight and doing all this stuff. There was lots of things that happened. It was just like in a moment life changes and the same thing happens for the positive. Maybe someone listening right now, this is your moment that when I was 17 years old, a boxer, uh, a guy at my school that was like a boxer, he brought out a bag of fruit and I was like, for some reason, I was like, hey, why you, why'd you bring fruit to school? And at this point, I'm wearing a sweatshirt every single day, even when it's 100 plus degrees outside because I'm wow. covering up my body. I hate the way I look. I hate everything about life. Uh, I don't leave my house at all during the summer. Like I'm only playing video games and totally not living the life that would make me fulfilled. Though I was trying to like 
get all my fulfillment through like uh, improving on video games and doing all these other stupid things. And many men fall into that even today where they get bored with their life and they go back into all these other vices that don't make them happy, even working out sometimes. Like they're, they're not actually going out there and doing something in their career and their relationships that they should be doing. So they run to the gym. It's equally unhealthy when it comes to their personal life. And this guy showed me the bag of fruit and I was like, why do you have that? And he's like, my trainer put me on it because he wants me to weigh in at the correct weight and perform at my optimal level. And at that point, I was putting myself out there because someone could have made fun of me at that point. I'll tell you what, like if I went home from there, I told my mom actually to buy me that food that he had in his hand, never saw his plan. I lost 60 pounds just from like being focused on it in six months. Yeah. And I did it super like unhealthy. Like I really ate like I, I would make a salad and I'd only be able to eat the greens with nothing in it and like one or two croutons at the time, no dressing, no nothing on it. I had like a little tiny bowl of cereals, consistently hungry. My mom never cooked anything healthy. I had mini corn dogs and I had like potato skins and I just had to eat like one mini corn dog for dinner because I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like I have no other materials and I didn't work out and I actually never went to the gym until I was 19 years old. So but, from 17 to 19, I never went to the gym. Wow, but it's crazy because you... It, this, this is where it started where you began to get motivated from that perspective from that person was one moment that's truly amazing and, and it also shows that if someone else is out there doing living a life that's like that they can actually inspire and transform someone's life i would not even be running the business that i have today if it didn't first start with that one moment in my health and so because of that think about like if you're living a healthy lifestyle and how you don't even know i haven't even told that guy that, that impacted me and transformed my life. I've never told him. Mm-hmm. Yet him choosing to get healthy first actually inspired me. Now I'm inspiring tens of thousands of other men across the world. Are you still connected with that person? No. Like I've never even wow. talked to them since. That is crazy. You said from 17 to 19, you never went to gym, but you lost 60 pounds. That is truly amazing. Yeah, dude. But think about this. I still had all my like fat kid mentality, though I had more confidence. As soon as I lost 11 pounds, I was like, I'm going to go get my driver's license. After I lost a little bit more than that, I went and saw my dad again. After I lost more than that, I started surfing. And I started surfing as my exercise, skateboarding as my exercise. Why? Because I was familiar with that, but I didn't know how to work out at the gym. I thought I had to be fit before I could ever step foot into the gym because I had no clue what to do. So I was too scared to go in my own city. And it wasn't until I actually moved out of my city at 19 years old that I finally got my first gym membership and got my first trainer. What motivated you to uh, get a gym membership and find uh, your coach inside the gym? Uh, the- One, my best friend at the time was super fit. And so that was like a really cool thing. We talked about that. The people you surround yourself with, you become. But Mm. my friend was super, super fit and he wanted to get back in the gym. I was actually like an anchor on him. He was not working out because we were hanging out so much. So because he wanted to get back into the regiment, I was like, cool, I'll do it too. And I just went along for the ride and I was like, great. I have this guy who's buff as all could be right here as my trainer. That's awesome. That's awesome. So he was always around you and you're like, you know what? I need to work out too. And you guys oh, absolutely. Yep. So when did you begin to really lose weight and start to feel more confident where you could just take off your shirt and feel all confident at the beach or wherever you are? Yeah, I definitely, uh, what's funny is that I, I lost the 60 pounds, right? And I got down to like an extremely low weight. It was terrible. I wasn't working out. So you just got to imagine that like I had no muscle on my frame whatsoever. And at this point, like I'm just like skinny. So I'm like, wow. oh man, it's, it's hot outside. It's warm. You know what? Today's the day. I'm going to take off my shirt. So I took off my shirt. I thought I had confidence. And then my stepmom actually went up to me and said, you look emaciated. And then all of a sudden I had this other side of it where I was like, damn, like I'm equally not good enough when I'm skinny. 
this sucks. So I got 15 pound dumbbells and I started trying to do curls and stuff in my garage. Mm -hmm. And then I started surfing and doing all my stuff until uh, I got super, I remember, I remember the day I got out of my truck that I had at the time and I was surfing every single day. And at this point I I was surfing for seven days straight. So I didn't have a gym, but I had the natural gym and I got out of my truck. I closed my door and you know how you could see yourself in the reflection of the window, but the the car windows actually make you look a little bit wider (laughs) than you actually are. So I looked and I actually had a full out six pack at this point. And I was like, dang, like I feel good. And so I actually went through the entire summer in San Diego the entire summer, not kidding. Not one day did I wear a shirt. Why? Wow, not, not even so to the grocery crazy. store. Not even uh, to the grocery store. Oh yeah, dude. I was like, I was all about it. I was tan. I was surfing every day. I had my swim trunks on the entire summer. I surfed almost every day that summer. And so the dramatic difference of being inside my house, doing nothing with my life, playing video games every single day, thinking that was the life that I wanted to live to then getting healthy and fit finding that six pack, having something that I love to do. It had me connect with my dad again. It had me go out there and make friends again. It had me go out there and start living a life again that health still propels what I'm doing today. But at the time, yeah, I took the entire summer of like going into my senior year and I literally did not wear a shirt all summer. You know, that's 100% confidence right here. Honestly, the whole summer. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even, yeah, I was feeling good and I was consistently surfing like two hours a day. So I was like, I was looking that's, pretty that's good. That's a natural workout. Honestly, your arms, it's almost like swimming. Oh, you got your back, like besides legs, like you're pretty good. Like there is a leg workout if you're good at surfing, but not enough. Uh, but besides legs, like you get pretty wide. You get a nice back, you get good chest muscles, like you look good shoulders, like it's great. And you look good right now too, as of right now. And Thanks, man. I'm a, I'm, you know, what's crazy is actually since I lost all the weight, um, most, most of my weights came back in my legs probably of muscle because I had no leg muscle. You got to think. So if I gain an extra 13 pounds right now, I'll be just as heavy as I was when I was 60 pounds overweight. Wow. That's crazy. pretty funny. Like, cause it's just like different weight. So I, I would love to hit that one day. Uh, I've, I was actually sick. So I dropped a couple pounds, uh, this last week, but that's always been a, a like thing of mine is if I can get there and I can post before and after pictures with the same weight and the same weight on the scale and then like show the difference in like how you can look with weight and stuff. Now you go to the gym now, right? Yeah, I go to the yeah. gym. Um, I, I, I just do it because most of my workouts right now, because I'm running this company is just like time under tension, just resistance workouts, just things to build ligament strength, to build range of motion. And so like a workout today was like chest and back together. I was mm-hmm. just going back and forth doing something quick. I don't really love high intensity interval training because for me, it's like my natural what I'm good at. Yeah, so I just like don't even like doing it because I'm actually good at it. So I love just like doing things like slow deadlifts, back squats, front squats, uh, doing things like good presses, pulls, um, press overhead, just simple movements that are like the basics, but doing them really well uh, with good range of motion. Now, do you take any diets or meal preps to stay in the same weight or what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so for me, like I, I sometimes try new things, but when I'm in the groove like this, like I'm working, I'm doing things over and over again uh, for five years. So I had the lucky part of like for basically five years, I weighed every meal out on a scale. Mm. So like I ate the same exact amount of protein, carbs, and fat every single day or changed it and I knew exactly how much I was having every single day for five years. So now I don't use the scale anymore because I kind of can see, but I'm typically looking to eat um, – I know like I used a block system. So there's a book by Dr. Barry Sears called Enter the Zone. And then there's also like diets like the paleo diet or like uh, like the caveman diet or whatever they want to call it. 
and there's stuff obviously like ketogenic diet and stuff like that. I've never gone as far as that. I eat more fat right now than the zone diet, enter the zone. It's a good book to read in general. It teaches you all about like how your blood sugar reacts to different foods and how you store fat. And so I typically did that and it was in a block system. One block, I'll just tell real quick. One block is like 1.5 to 3 grams of fat, uh, 9 grams of carbs and 7 grams of protein. So for like an athlete, person that works out is three grams of fat, seven grams of protein, nine grams of carbs. Mm. And to build a meal, you just use multiple of those blocks. So I'd eat like four, four blocks in a day, like four meals with four blocks of different, yeah. of that type of food. So an example would be like three ounces of chicken with a banana and a tablespoon of peanut butter. You know what I have to say though? Like you actually did your research because there's some people go out there going to the gym not knowing what to eat, not knowing what to work out. They never do research. You should always do research about yourself. And yeah, stuff if like you're that. working, the problem me. is that like if you work out a lot, like you don't actually need to be that specific, uh, especially if you don't really have a problem right now. Like, of course, you could always be better. But like when I was surfing all the time, I got to the point where I was like eating pizza, like eating Lunchables, eating junk food, like peanut butter sandwiches. Like that's really not the best thing if you're an overweight person. Uh, in the past, but because I was putting out so much energy and I was doing so much stuff, I really did not have to focus on it that much. But when I ended up wanting to do it correctly, that's when I started eating really perfect. And uh, at one point I was at like four and a half percent body fat and I held it for like six months. Wow. That's 4% body fat, especially for a guy. That's amazing. That's like almost, that's men's physique. 47% is men's physique. Yeah. So I was, I was consistently above that. Like if you were to go to the scale, like the, you know, the things where you could test your body fat that they're kind of BS that you yeah. hold on to, it wouldn't even register. It'd be like <laughs> error. And so wow. it's pretty funny is it's uh, I was able to hold that for a long time, but I was consistently working out with Navy SEALs outside in, during the day. I was consistently moving. Whereas today I don't get to do that as much. I go to the gym, I get my 30 minutes to 45 minutes of just quick lifting in. And uh, outside of that, if I'm not eating well, if I'm, if I'm using food as like a gap to fill my life, which most fitness people do, they're like always talking about cheat meals, always talking about cheat meals mm. and always like putting that out there and not really showing exactly the process that they use and the discipline that they have, uh, it really throws people off their bandwagon and uh, not knowing that the majority of America can't work out for two hours a day. They could, but there's not really a point to it for them. Like what's their goal? So I always look at like for someone out there right now that's trying to figure out how should they eat? How should they work out? First, got to figure out what you want. And then after you figure out what you want, figure it like specifically, but you got to think, if you're trying to be a bodybuilder and you want to be on stage, it's going to take a certain amount of commitment. So make sure what you want lines up with your why. So then you figure out why you want it. And if that why isn't big enough to get you to do the actions to be able to get to that result, then you want to shift what you actually want and be realistic with yourself. Once you pick what you want and why you want it, then you figure out the how. You either know the answer, you find the answer, you pay for the answer, one of the three. And that's the quickest way right there to be able to be real with yourself. If right now I was like, I need to be shredded and... And I need to be uh, as big as I've ever been before and as strong as I've ever been before and, and PR and all my lifts. I'm being unrealistic with my why because right now I'm looking to impact tens of millions of people, right? Like that's my number one thing. My, my number one thing is not going out there and trying to be the, the strongest guy ever in the entire world and to break my body down as an athlete because once you get to that level of working out, it's athletics now, it's not health. It's mm -hmm. athletics, it's not health. Absolutely. Like there is just no two ways about it. Like 
athletes get injured, right? Like baseball players' arms get thrown out. That is not fitness anymore. That's just pure athleticism, which is absolutely great if that's what you're looking to do. And so being realistic with myself, it allows me to be happy with the results that I'm getting because I know what I'm, what I'm wanting right now, why I want it, and how I'm doing it, making sure that my actions are lining up to the goals that I want. And if my actions aren't matching it, I can't ever be mad at myself because I'm not getting the results. Like if you're overweight right now and you're eating terrible and not moving, not working out, not stretching, not hydrating, not doing any of those things, then there should be no expectation for you to be uh, mad about the results that you're getting because your actions will dictate your, dictate your results. So two things I want to leave people with real quick though as well is there for men and women in the, in the world right now, there's actually a lack of testosterone, like whether it's in men or women, the testosterone high in men today is the low of 100 years ago. And also this is something that women can use as well. The building blocks of testosterone is going to be micronutrients first, which is vitamins and minerals found in food, not found in supplements. So vitamins and minerals first, you can find them in all different colors of food. And you can also find it in high quality meats like grass fed meats or free range meats and things like that. Uh, you can plug and play uh, what I mean by that when it comes to like cows eat grass, right? Mm. Like, like venison and bison eat grass, things like that. And then obviously chickens eat other things. So when it comes to high quality meats, you can also get vitamins and minerals, shellfish. Uh, those are some of the proteins that you'll find it in for fruits and vegetables as well. And then also high quality nuts. I actually have nuts over there. If you can see that little thing, yeah. I have Brazil nuts in there because they have selenium. Selenium helps. It's something that most men are deficient in. I just grab a couple of them a day. Uh, three, three Brazil nuts a day, you can get some good selenium. So you have micronutrients and then you have macronutrients. People don't really think about the, the amount of protein, carbs, and fat they eat actually affects their testosterone. So when guys are actually bulking and eating a ton of carbs, that usually actually decreases their testosterone, which also makes them gain weight which is also part of the reason why they gain so much weight. So you want to make sure that you just have a balance of healthy protein, carbs, and fat if you're just starting out. If you're 100 pounds overweight, you should probably just don't really want to eat carbs at all. And then from there, it's mindset, decreasing your stress, making sure that your mindset is on releasing weight, not losing weight. If you lose something, you can always find it again. But if you release it, it's gone from you. So shifting your mindset and also operating in low stress so that you don't have cortisol, which blocks testosterone. And then from there, it's lifting, how you work out, high-intensity workouts for optimizing testosterone and lifting heavy weights. And the last thing is supplementation. Most people think it's supplementation is like a main thing that they would do. Supplementation, meaning getting your vitamins and minerals and also some of the other uh, herbs and things like that would help with testosterone. The second thing is that five physical attributes of health that we teach is the five building blocks of actually living a healthy lifestyle. Number one is breath. We actually uh, recommend box breathing. You can Google that. And then also priming breath by Tony Robbins as two different breath uh, exercises that you can do. They're great for like morning meditation because that's how you're going to decrease stress levels. Great throughout the day on stuff like this. Like when you're watching me babble along over here, you're like, you can do some box breathing. Second thing is hydration. The reason I do breathing and hydration first, if you don't breathe for five minutes, you die, which means that you can also have a positive effect very quickly if you use it the right way. Hydration, you don't hydrate for like four days, you die. So hydration, uh, we recommend drinking 20 to 30 ounces as soon as you wake up before you do anything else, rinse out your mouth first, and then drinking eight ounces approximately per hour on the hour to make sure that you always have that uh, thirst and it'll also make you less hungry because hunger and thirst feels exactly the same. Yes. Third is going to be sleep. 
not being stressed out before you sleep, not getting on your computer before you sleep, use blue blocking, use different things on your phone that you can use so that you get a good quality sleep. Because if you go to bed stressed, it's going to take you about an hour and a half to really get into good sleep where you're recovering, which is an hour and a half you could have done something else with your life instead of sitting there with your eyes closed, not really helping yourself. The third is going to be nutrition, uh, the things that you eat, and the fourth is going to be uh, working out in that order. Most people say it's 70% nutrition, 80% nutrition, 20% workout or whatever. Yeah. But they're missing out on so many things. So if you use those things as your building blocks, you'll realize real quick whether you're fit already or whether you're super overweight or out of shape or super skinny, super skinny fat, right? You're already doing four out of the five every single day. The only thing that you're maybe not doing is exercising. But if you could do all four of those correctly first, that's going to be the baseline of health. And they've noticed that the people that live the longest actually walk the most, which is really funny. Because muscle is still stressful for your body. Like if you're going to be 50 pounds heavier in muscle, that 50 pounds on your body for the next 50 years is stressful in your body. End of story. Like it's still a lot of weight. But you can choose to still do that because you want to perform and do things that you want to do. Just make sure you have a reason for your muscle that it's not working out to work out to work out to work out unless you're a CrossFit athlete, unless you're a bodybuilder, unless you're like these people that are doing that. Know the repercussions. So it's breath, hydration, sleep, nutrition, exercise, five physical attributes of health, and the five building blocks of testosterone, just as some education as well. You went off. You know, one thing I got to say that you just motivated me, that you're standing up while doing this podcast. Like, no one can't see this, but that's actually doing exercise right there. You're standing up talking. Yeah, like, I'm burning more calories than you, sucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting sending you now, man. And when I'm I get so... bored, man, I got another one over there. Wow. <laughs> and I got the sofas back there, too. Nice. So I'm um, talking about BDB, Billion Dollar Body. When did that begin? Like, you said you went to pay a thousand people, and it's from BDB, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tens of thousands. We're already, we're already reaching tens of thousands of men across the world. They all have to be a businessman. The way that it started was that I was going into business. I've always been a businessman. So is my family, my dad and my uncle. And that's what I knew I was going to do. After I got married, I was like, I do not want to be away from my wife. How do I do that? I have to create the life that I want. So I started a business. At the time, it was in network marketing at 20 and 18 years old, selling like health supplements because I could get behind that because I was like, dude, this is what I'm all about. This is all I've done for the last like three, four years of studying. That's all I want to do. And so that was my expertise. And I, I highly recommend people do everything in their life for career based on the training that they've had before. What's your expertise? So I went out there and did that and it created our whole first year marriage. Totally awesome. Then I lost my business. Sucked. So from there, I was like, what am I going to do now? Who do I want to work with? I was like, I want to work with the highest achieving people in the world entrepreneurs. I want to learn how to build a business. I'm going to serve them. So I'm going to help entrepreneurs get fit. And I ran a company called The True Challenge. I did that for a while. We served men and women. I was like, nope, this isn't hitting it for me. I want to go out there and transform men's lives because I feel like if you change the man, you can change the world. If you change enough men, you can change the entire planet. And so I went into launching the billion dollar body, but adding a, a section of it of where man meets health and wealth, a place where men can prosper in health, business, and relationships with like-minded men and a support system to help them actually succeed and have it all as a businessman and go on a journey of redefining what it means to be a businessman. Because today it's people that do business and make money and, and do all this stuff, but they're sacrificing their personal life and living all different types of lifestyles that are completely different than the average businessman. So being this elite level of businessman is somebody prospers in health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health in business, in their impact and giving back and investing, how to make money, how to keep money and how to grow money. And then on top of that, uh, prospering in the relationships from their intimate relationships with their wife or their girlfriend at the time, all the way down to their friendships and their family and creating a life where you can literally have it all while building a business that actually gets them more impact in a community of like-minded people that they love. 
We're on a mission right now to create a billion dollar net worth inside of the community, which also plays on billion dollar body because body actually means congregation of people as well. So billion dollar body with our bodies because we are our number one asset. Our health is our number one asset. And on top of that billion dollar body, like together as a group, we'll have a billion dollar net worth. Yes. I I was going to ask that question, but you already covered it. (laughs) So where do you see yourself with your business in the future? Uh, So... There's lots of ways that I see my business going. Uh, BDB will forever be a passion project in general. Like this is not some like exit play to sell a company. This is a place where the highest level men, where the leaders of leaders will be in the future. So I'm talking about world leaders. I'm talking about business leaders. I'm talking about thought leaders. This will be the place for leaders of leaders to be here where we'll be consulting people like the heads of other countries and we'll be consulting the heads of all the top people in every single industry. So the goal is not to have like tons of followers. Followers should be equivalent to sheep. Sheep follow other sheep off a cliff. That's not what I want. I want leaders. Leaders are like lions. Leaders have followers. I want the, I want the leaders of the leaders. So if they have leaders as well that follow them, great. They can keep them. I want the leaders of the leaders so that we can groom these men into people that have live a life that's worth modeling. And when the life that's worth modeling, they'll grow a following, right? Like a bunch of people that follow them that want to be just like them, just like professional athletes. Except for when these people copy these people, just like they do with professional athletes, they'll be copying someone that's living a life that's worth modeling. It's going to transform the entire world by osmosis. So I'm helping other men have more success, create more impact in their life, succeed in their personal life, so that when they have this mass amount of success with a company, they can go out there and also affect the world in a positive way by their own example. The way we do this is by something that everyone can really model even with their own life and message it's called a three-dimensional businessman this three-dimensional businessman for short has a mission or impact that's bigger than a product or service so something bigger that they're doing with their life than just a product that they sell like oh i sell water okay great that makes you just like everyone else so what what's the what's different about this water and that's a mission and and vision if you notice no one knows exactly what i do yet yet tons of people are probably like i want to be a part of that why because i just described to you my mission and vision and it's bigger than a product or service So that's number one. Number two is a product or service that solves a need or a problem in the world. You notice Coca-Cola, McDonald's, total problems. They are a problem in the world, yet they give back. So because of that, they're good. Not going to fly here in the BDB lifestyle whatsoever. A product or a service that solves a need or a problem in the world. So a good example of that is Viome. Uh, I really learned a lot of this from the guy who owns it. Uh, And Naveen Jain is the guy. He's a billionaire. And he owns a company called Viome that's actually selling a product that also if they get all the data, it'll actually be able to heal like tons of gut problems and lots of cancer and stuff like that. They just get the data of people buying it. So it's a profitable business that's solving a problem. Same with BDP. We're solving a problem as well in the world and a need for most women out there, that's for sure. And then from there, a place to give back. If you're just doing this for you, uh, more blessed is the hand that gives, the hand that receives. This is the one that I get the least, like I understand the least, that if you give, you're more blessed than the person that gets. Just super weird. I don't really understand that still, but because of that, it's a three-dimensional businessman. This is what makes up the billion-dollar body lifestyle for the business side and the way that they live their life. I think everyone can model it though with, man, allow your life to be something that's bigger than just like what you do. Have a mission or vision that's bigger than that, that you can talk about, that's bigger than a product or service. If you're selling, if you're working somewhere, it doesn't matter. And then also some, make sure that you're working somewhere that's actually making an impact. What are you going to do? Work at Pepsi and Coca-Cola and be the problem? Great. Awesome. There's enough of that. Why not go work for someone that actually is doing something good? And why not give back? You're more blessed than the person that you're giving to. Sounds like a good deal to me. So what is one thing you would leave behind for people with your business? 
Like what, once you reach that mission? Once I reach that mission, what will I do? Yes. Well, I won't stop until I, until I die. Mm. Like I'm still here like for a reason until I die. I'm not going to sit there and like, Oh, I made it. Like, this is awesome. I'm just going to live now for no reason and take up air on the earth like while not contributing back to it. So there will be no end. Now, if I, if I accomplish all that, then I guess we'll just enjoy. Cause at that point I transform the entire world and we're all living in peace and harmony, uh, which would be pretty interesting. I think that's when Jesus will come back then. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but the big thing for me is I want to leave a overwhelming feeling that each person has a destiny. Each person has a reason that they're here. And the big thing that I want people to do that everyone listening right now is going to want to do is Picture yourself one year, five years, 10 years, and 20 years in the future and actually write it down and also go into your past one year, five years, 10 years, and 20 years if you can and figure out how much you've changed. And if you know what you know now, if you went back 10 or 20 years ago, what would life be like? And it'd be super easy. Everyone's like 2020s hindsight. And I go, great. The most successful people in the world in fitness, in health, in relationships, everything, uh, already know what the end goal is going to be like, what the end result is. They've dreamed up the future whether it's one year with their body, 90 days with their body, 20 years for their life, they've dreamed up what life's going to be like, not necessarily what they're going to have because no one knows what 20 years is going to bring, but they know exactly what life's going to be like, how they feel on the inside. They know what type of confidence they're going to have, how they feel like uh, internally, how they feel the happiness wise, what their priorities are. They can all feel all that. And a lot of times I like to put on some type of music, lay on the floor and figure that out. And when I have those experiences, it causes an emotion. Any goal that's written down, whether it's health or anything, without being emotionalized will never happen. Like if it happens at this point, it's just a wish or a dream. But to actually make it a goal, something that's easy to hit, you have to emotionalize it. Then when you're working out, you can feel it. You're like, you think about it and you can actually feel the emotion. That's how you know it's a real goal. So I feel that. And if people can do that with 20 years in the future, they can actually access that moment now. So the motivation, whatever they're feeling, they can access it now. So you're asking like, how do, I, how do I have confidence now compared to not having it before? A lot of it is knowing where I'm going, the person that I'm becoming and the person I'm going to become. And I actually become that person now. And in return, I walk in the confidence that I'm going to have in 20 years. And it mm. propels you forward way quicker. It's almost like I'm switching places with who I'm going to be in 20 years. And now they're here. The same as if I went back to when I was six years old, 20 years ago, and I was able to live my life from there. I'd be one badass six-year-old. So I'm looking to be a badass 26-year-old right now by being the person I'm going to be in at 46 years old yeah. after I've accomplished all that, after I've done all that. How would I act on this podcast? I'd be definite about what I know. I, w- I would know exactly the step-by-step plan. So you're, that's you exactly are a badass, my friend. <laughs> you're truly are a badass. Everyone can do it. So it's, wow. I don't know what to say, man. You just went off and just dropped bombs. Where can we find you? Uh, Nicholas Barely on every platform. I love Instagram because it actually shows the life that I live. You can watch the story. So Nicholas Barely on Instagram. It's B-A-Y-E-R-L-E, like Bayer Aspirin with an L-E. Mm. And check out his podcast. It's called A Billion Dollar, Billion Dollar Body. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. And he has, what, over 100,000 downloads? Yeah, it's now hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Wow. That's truly amazing. I need, we need to talk after this. <laughs> awesome, man. But yeah, man. Um, when is it, So BDB, when is the next event? The next event is June 8th through 10th. And again, this is for men who have a business that want to live that three-dimensional businessman lifestyle, the billion-dollar body lifestyle that want to have it all in business, health, and relationships and go out there and make a big impact and live in their destiny and be able to access that person 20 years from now. Imagine having 20-20 hindsight from 20 years from now. What's that worth to you? 
yeah. fill in the blank and, and go get a ticket at billiondollarbodylive.com and I'll see you there. We have epic stuff going on. No one runs events like us. We do it completely different because again, I've seen 20 years in the future. So because of that, we bring that now. Well, well there we have it, guys. Nicholas Barely, my man went off. Awesome. Glad to have you, my man. Heck yeah, man.